With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to your big Christmassy edition of the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode Who the Hell Knows? And I am broadcasting to you from my house in a field in beautiful, rural and festive Ireland. And I am Trev Downey, joined tonight by Lisa Marie Hannan, Cam Branch, and just those two. Guy Drinkle again on the Mitch tonight. Fair play to him. So we are trying, we'll be trying again to twiddle all the knobs and push all the buttons and pull all the levers and keep a show going uh, and hopefully uh, not embarrass ourselves too much by saying things that we can't fact check uh, on the fly because we have a producer. So let's hope we manage to do that. Uh, we have done a decent enough job of it in the past and I just want to start because it is the Christmas special. Needless to say, folks, it is the 17th, I think, of December today, and the chances of us doing another one um, before the actual, you know, hectic Christmas period starting Christmas Eve, which would be exactly a week from today, are quite small. So we'll be pretty much probably in the immediate aftermath post-Christmas with the next show. So we thought we'd give you a proper Christmassy feel. Christ knows it's miserable at the moment in most corners of the globe. Um, my Irish pals and myself now can look forward to a big night out at Christmas, which must end at eight o'clock. So says our uh, Führers in charge of governmental policy around socialising and that type of thing. Um, so there's precious little cheer about. And if we can supply a little bit of it this evening, put a smile on a few faces or even divert you a bit from the ongoing annoyance that is life in 2021 into 2022, then so be it. And hopefully we can do that. And what better way to do a little bit of that than to play you a minute of one of the happiest scenes from one of the Christmasiest movies ever, Elf. This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. Time for the announcement. 
Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Sign this for me. Ooh. Hi. Santa's coming. <laughs> A bit of joy there. Got a bit, hard to beat that, I have to say. I watched it again recently with my kid last Christmas, and uh, it's just good fun. Good, clean, Christmassy fun. Uh, are you an Elf fan, Lisa Marie? Have you watched it? I have watched it, and yes, I am a fan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Hard. It is. It's yeah. It's fantastic, and that is probably my favorite scene in the whole thing. <laughs> just, the, just the, the the enthusiasm that he manages to to keep up the whole way through, and the extremity of emotion. It's great crack, I have to say. And you know, uh, we will be coming back later on to Christmas movies, so I look forward to uh, teasing the topic out in general a bit more with you. Um, hopefully, it's hard to get a proper sense, and I think it very much in your part of the world depends on local government but how are things with you guys in relation to like I mean, myself and cam are very much under the cosh at the moment um in our respective countries from our respective governments um what way are things with you guys at the moment oh it's all open here wow wow <laughs> COVID? What's COVID? Yeah, no, com- completely. Um, I mean, you know, there are certain, you know, I mean, when you fly, of course, you wear a mask the whole time. Um, but there's not really even, and I haven't been to any like large sporting events or anything like that where you may or may not have to show, you know, proof of vaccination or a negative test or anything like that. So there may be some of that here and there. Um, and a lot of people, when they are in large groups like that, do generally try to keep a mask on but no it's 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 all open here well it's, it's it, you know what people people can i this is my take and it and always has been people should feel free to do whatever they think they want to do once um the responsibility or, or, or requirement uh is lifted so I'm, I'm all for people doing whatever they want to do um and, and and whatever precautions they want to take for however long they want to take them but it just sounds so lovely that there might be a little bit of openness because we all got a taste of it again. And when I say got a taste of it, we were simply remembering what it is that life is actually as opposed to the bullshit we've been living through. So it is particularly painful at the moment for an awful lot of people. Um, and of course, you know, you make all the right sounds and you get on with it. But I think a lot of people are at their wits end with just getting on with things, especially in the face of lack of logic. It can get a little bit... Ugh irksome but we shall and this is the whole point try to um not focus on that type of thing too much i just wanted to put the context in there for what i thought was good a good idea for us to have a quite a happy show not just for frivolous reasons but actually because it's all a bit miserable over here um i believe you have a slightly festive opening for us yes i do and most people have probably already heard this before but it's always been one of my favorite sort of Christmas things. Are you going to sing? I am not going to sing. No, no, no. Because I have, you know, it's the middle of the day, so I haven't been hitting the eggnog yet. So, you know. Um, (laughs) 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 Y'all have to get me liquored up before that happens. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> Julie noted. Anyway, dear editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the New York sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Virginia O'Hanlon. Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's, are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant in his intellect, as compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist, and you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would the world be if there was no Santa Claus? It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance, to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in sense and sight. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. No Santa Claus. Thank God. He lives and he lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten times ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. Who's that hero? <laughs> he was an editor of a newspaper in New York, the, the New York Sun. Have you never heard this before? I've um, never heard it, no. It's quite well known over here. Okay, well, the context is a little girl, a little eight-year-old girl named uh, Virginia O'Hanlon sure. yeah, um, yeah. in like 1897 wrote a letter wow. to, the, to the New York Sun. And I keep saying New York Sun because I know, you know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. We appreciate it. Uh, the, you know, asking if there was a Santa Claus. And this was the editorial response. And I actually cut two paragraphs out in the middle of it um, just because wow. I thought it got quite long. But I've always thought it was just um, just the the sweetest re response to that question. And, and just knowing, you know, the greater context in which, you know, the the mythology or whatever Santa Claus, you know, exists for. And, um, you know, just I, I think I discovered it when I was probably about I was probably in college, maybe, and I just always loved loved the story behind it. And um, I actually, when I was pulling it up today, I read a little bit more. I mean, Virginia went on to become a school teacher and um, a principal in New York City, and she lived until 1971. So, wow, she was a real person, yeah. So she was like eight years old. I think it was like 1897 when when she wrote this letter, and um, the newspaper actually returned a copy or returned the original letter that she had sent to her descendants. Um, I think back in like the late eighties, early nineties, uh, 1980s, 1990s. So that, and, uh, so anyway, I just always thought it was a, it was a great story. Yeah, it's lovely. It's, it's just, um, and you know, it, it very interesting that a, a little bit of, um, belief and, and faith and openness and happiness and joy and all that kind of thing might make you live longer, just like Virginia. That's very interesting. Yeah, lovely. It set the scene beautifully there. God, that's, uh, that's once again, 
warm the cockles of my heart for a play to you. Um, well, that's what I'm here for, is to that's bring what they, they, light and joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll bear that in mind a little later on in the show and see how, how that works out when you're getting a bit pissy about a quiz or something. <laughs> that's when the eggnog comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm texting the kids now to bring it up. <laughs> uh, Cam, uh, how are you, first of all? I'm very good, thank you, Trev. Um, um, I trust you are keeping well. I am, I am, and you've seen um, how well I'm keeping. I've, I've set myself up beautifully for this show with Indeed. with sweeties, with tea, and with wine. It's going to be a lo- it's going to be a lovely, lovely uh, broadcast for me, and that's all that matters. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you've got for an opening for us. Well, firstly, I think um, the great stories may have a new rival. Oh. Careful. That was uh, that was wonderful from Lisa Marie, though. wasn't it? Wasn't it? It was, it was, it was special. I, I really like that. Uh, I could get used to listening to something like that every week. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. pressure, Lisa Marie. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> so um, yeah. Okay, I, I've got um, a little quote for you from the uh, from um, well, the ex special one. Not so special anymore. And I think it will lead nicely into a little bit of football chat for us. Excellent. I want to congratulate... I'll try again. See, I definitely won't make it on the the race. (laughs) (laughs) It's because of what the way it's written. It doesn't sort of roll. Um, I want to congratulate again Mike Dean. I think his performance was unbelievable. And I think when referees have unbelievable performances, I think it's fair that as managers, we give them praise. So fantastic performance. Yes. When he was saying that, he was absolutely... A tad of sarcasm in what he was Yeah, he was absolutely taking the piss, just so everybody understands. Oh, a tad uh, of sarcasm? Yes, <laughs> just just, just a, a little soupçon of, of sarcasm. Um, and, and you know what? I have to say, um, in the aftermath of our most recent... Um, witnessing of Mike Dean in action, which is of course Liverpool Newcastle. So a nice segue by Cam into our um into our football chat. Um I have to say I've never ever felt more um sort of warmth towards the big uh preening prima donna that is Mike Dean. Um I have to say though only afterwards, after the game was over, did I see some fantastic stuff. Obviously, when the game was played, I don't know what coverage you guys saw, but um, when we were watching the game live and Trent scores his goal, it, it took me five, six, seven, eight, maybe ten replays before I saw the absolute wonder of Mike Dean's dummy run to take the defence away from, <laughs> from, from Trent so that he could drive the ball to the top corner. That was glorious, obviously. But you know the way we luxuriate in Bobby's no-look passes? Um, Mike Dean did at least one no-look yellow card. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to find it for you and put it in the chat later on. So what he does is he, he takes the card out from his from his pocket as he's looking towards the um, player who he's uh, going to reprimand. And then he looks dramatically away to his right whilst holding the card up with his left hand in the face of the player. It's absolutely glorious and so Mike Dean-like. It's unbelievable. 
I have to say it, that was one of those uh, um, refereeing performances, especially given some of the drafts that we've seen recently. Stuart Atwell took the cake, where I just thought, well, fair play. He was comparatively low key. I think he got most things right. Um, I know uh, Eddie Howe, um, the angriest little um, uh, adult toddler in the world, was probably a little bit pissed off with a couple of calls, um, but it just. I have views. Yeah, it was it was it, that was a nonsense for me. So let me hear some of your views on um, on that cam just to get the ball rolling. And then what we'll sure. do is we'll go from that into your football story of the week. Or maybe you could just segue into it and then we'll get Lisa Marie's before we get into our Christmas crack. All right. Uh, I'll start with um, Eddie Howe first and then my story will be um, actually on something Mike Dean did or did not do okay, during great. that game. So, um, which is gonna blow the shit up probably with um, everyone on my views on that one. So, firstly, Eddie Howe. If um, I I don't know what was the the defender's name who was a uh, was down during Jota's goal apparently with a head injury. Oh my God, I'm having a blank and um, just roll with it. It'll come to me. Yeah. So, Eddie Howe in the uh, post-match interview turned around and said. Well, you could see he he was not good for four or five minutes. You know, he was obviously suffering from a knock and, um, you know, and, and that went on for about 70 minutes. Well, if that's the case, Mr. Howe, you should have subbed him. Yeah. That's what the rules state. It's as simple as that. If he's, if he's genuinely suffered some sort of head injury and there's a con- so any type of concussion, where was your health and safety and well-being towards the players? health and safety and well-being. What was your consideration and care towards the health and wealth? Well, uh, health was and it, health was it Hayden? Hayden. Yeah, was it Hayden? Yeah. 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 So where, where, where was that? It wasn't there, obviously. It was non-existent because you've actually sort of admitted then that there was actually nothing wrong with him. And this will then lead to my point about Mike Dean now and his take on that actual situation. And I'm going to be quite controversial here because obviously Liverpool scored from that situation. I think Mike Dean should have blown the whistle and stopped the play. And the reason I say that is Mike Dean does not know at that moment because he couldn't have seen actually what genuinely happened because Hayden was, he was a sandwich between two players his Newcastle players, and Canate was in front as well, blocking Mike Dean's vision, possibly. There's no way he could have genuinely known if Hayden was genuinely suffering from a head injury or not. And it shouldn't be for a referee to think whether a player is faking an injury or not, because that could have serious consequences later on. And I found that quite disturbing, to be honest. I genuinely did, because if he was genuinely suffering from a head injury, we don't know who he could have been elbowed by one player, two players in that, because he, he was below the two Newcastle players. The two Newcastle players were above him. And can you imagine if it was the worst case scenario, something had happened to him and he did have an injury. We were all quick to criticise the referee for not protecting Carrius in the Champions League final from an elbow from... Um, Ramos, which was sly and dirty. 
and we, you know, we, 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 you know, Liverpool fans are quick to say, well, look at, you know, um, he was, he, he suffered an injury and Liverpool then went back and got a neurologist report and said he suffered 20 of 27, um, signs of concussion. You, you, you can't have it both ways. You've got to, uh, player safety has got to be paramount of the most important. So for me, I, when that goal went in, I was like, yeah, it's a goal. I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not happy at the same time because I was more concerned about whether the player was genuinely injured or not. Obviously he was okay. He's fine. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm happy. And um, was he playing on it a bit? Yeah, he, he, he was. I get that. But at that moment, there's no way a referee could honestly hand on heart say there's nothing wrong with him. I think that's fair. Um, at the time, that was pretty much my take too. You get a bit lost in the in the tribal partisan side of things because you have to react to what their manager's saying. And clearly, Hayden was, if not play acting, certainly playing it up um, and looking to get whatever advantage could accrue from a foul being given or whatever. Um, but there was no foul to give. Um, and so, you know, there, that's a different situation. And you can have, you can be irked by Eddie Howe um, talking hypocritical bullshit. Um, and you can be absolutely confident in the fact that Mike Dean made a call and it turns out he made the right call. But I do get what you're saying. I, I think everybody is pretty much, of the opinion that there should be a blanket look there's a lad down holding his head we we have to stop the play i think you that's can, actually the rule it it is and you can also take that then to the next level and say well that's a nice easy way for people to get out of difficult situations but then that's for the authorities to combat <laughs> it is or is it yeah. for the rep yeah it's yeah, yeah. It possibly possibly but you know uh yeah, it's, look, it's a tricky it's one. It's a difficult one. I, it I, is. I, I, it I is. understand that. But one of the referee's roles on the pitch, it's not just to referee the game. But part, part, well, it is. It is just. To, it is to referee the game, but it's also to protect players. That's their primary role as well. Well, yeah, they're they're the ones in the end who make a call about, say, yeah. for example, if there's stuff coming they're onto exactly. a pitch or whatever. But yeah, but if say if there's like you know dangerous behavior in the crowd or some sort of atmospheric condition, it's the referee who signals that the game's over. If it's too snowy or icy, whatever, the referee makes a call. So yeah, you're right. There's there's um whatever that word is, duty of care thing there yeah. as well. Um. Look, I the only way I could rationalise it to myself was it ended up being the right call, but I fully accept the point you're making. I think it's the right one. Lisa Marie, do you want to weigh in on this? Um, I, well, I, you know, once again, I, I agree with what you're both saying. And, and when I was watching it and saw him go down, or saw them both go down, I mean, I was fully expecting the whistle to be blown and it to be stopped. And so I was, yeah. you know, a little bit surprised that, that it didn't. Um, and, and so I... You know, I, I do get what you're saying, Cam. Now, I and please correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see where any of his teammates were trying to flag down either the referee right. or the assistant to kind of stop play. So to yeah. me, that also shows that, huh, you know, you know, get up, let's get on with it. Um, you know, I mean, and I say that because like at the Leeds game earlier this year when Harvey was injured, you know, it was just. And I don't remember who the referee was for that match, but, you know, they were moving on and it was Mo that, you know, was like, 
Screaming. Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, cat, screaming. Cat, that, hey, the, yeah. Kid's, <laughs> the kid's ankle has been dislocated. Let's, you know, stop the play. Yeah. So, you know, I think a little bit of it is is the, the other players on the pitch and, and how they're reacting. You know, and again, I don't think there's any way, you know, that there's no way to to not have to completely rule out the possibility of of something being missed, you know, like in the case of of Carrius back in the Champions League final a few years back. But but I think it 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 just goes back to that, you know, I mean I, I see what Trevor's saying is, you know, so what's to stop players from, you know, falling down and clutching their head all the time to stop the play and, and keep things from moving. So it's it's it's, it's I know something from- could possibly look at them. Just out of thought. Um in rugby, I know obviously it's a different sport and it's it's played in a much different way because of where the fields of play are in such that you, the play can be congested in one area. But when a player is injured in rugby, the medical officials, they're, they're on the pitch straight away. They're there to attend to that player. That is the, the primary, you know, uh, aim of, the, of having the medical team there. And the, the play carries on. And maybe there's some way we could, the, the football authorities could look at bringing in some sort of rule that if a player goes down injured, play carries on, but the, um, they they come on and uh and attend to that player and the player is then not deemed to be in play as such so he doesn't affect say an offside decision yeah or anything like that but i don't i'm not sure it could work because of the speed of the game and yeah, how quickly the ball moves that, around yeah. and how quickly the ball moves around the pitch but that would then s- stop the fake injuries yeah this one isn't the most egregious example because the play goes on for a matter of a couple of seconds, Three, four seconds yeah. before yeah before before the ball is dead and and he yeah. can be attended to and I think Lisa Marie raises a really good point in the in the context of this one as well in that there's something that you can cover in the rules of the game or regulations of the game and that is the human response and when someone has a genuine head injury it doesn't matter whether it's opponent or teammate you can see the horror and the urgency and the only the only thing i saw was that when the goal went in lascelles decided it was around about that time he should have a a couple of words with um with mike dean and you could see see him saying it's a head injury it's a head injury um but that was almost seemed as if kind of it was an afterthought so you know because he's I, I wouldn't have surprised me awfully if we could get down and have a close-up that you could see a little um, uh, shot of um, Isaac Hayden um, maybe taking a, a sneaky look up to see what's going on, you know, because it turns out he, he was fine. Um, so, it, 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 look, it's a tricky call, but I have to say at the end of the day, I think the moral weight of it falls on what you're saying and that it probably is incumbent on the referee um, to make that call. It's totally it's just, on the referee because, as well because it's not, it shouldn't be down to the players to stop the play. But you, you, you get you get the point I'm making there, yeah. just follow, follow on from what Lisa Marie is saying. There, there is that kind of, very much that kind of, look, nobody, it's just a really immediate visceral reaction to a head injury or a bad injury of any sort. People just get quiet. They get urgent. They want, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and there was, there was none of that. So maybe we can let them off a little bit. Certainly, as you say, it's self-serving in this case because it, it, it suited us, but, um, mm. 
It's a tricky one. I'm glad you brought it up because it's important to talk about these things and how they're not completely. I mean, you know, in this case, it is it it is it is quite black and white um, and probably the wrong call was made. We have to be honest about that. But also you can see there are a lot of mitigating circumstances. Good to talk about them, too. Um, Yeah, I'm delighted you brought that up, actually, because it is it, it is something we didn't get into in Raw. Sometimes. There's so much or so many incidents that happen in the, in, in the immediate aftermath. You can forget some. For example, like I did not think um, in my match summary and none of the lads, neither Carl or Dave brought it up either to talk about what was an absolute stonewall penalty on Oxlade Chamberlain. And there was just so much going on. We didn't even bring that up. Um, so you yeah. can miss these major incidents in games as well. So I'm, I'm glad you did because we didn't get into any of that at all. It was just on the rights and wrongs of... Um, whether or not uh, Eddie Howard uh, was talking guff. Um, and, you know, as you said initially, that, that he very much was. Um, are you happy enough to leave that there? Do you want, can we... Can we... No, no, that's, you know, just uh, lastly, um, it's like Trent said, um, um, it's not for us to, you know, we play to the whistle. Yes, yeah. they have to. And, and, and it shouldn't be for players to put the ball out of play because oh. there was an incident towards the end of the match where, um uh, Saint Maxim is his name. Um he's he's um telling the bench he needs to come off, he needs to come off. Suddenly they've got an attack. He gets the ball, he's saying he can't run, and he doesn't put the ball out of play himself. Yeah. He's trying to carry on. Yeah. And there's a prime example of playing to the whistle. He could, have put, he could have put the ball out of play to get subbed, but he didn't. Part of me is really delighted that we did play to the whistle and absolutely did not stop and got the goal and made it count and were the bad guys in this occasion because we are as a group way too nice we're top of the fair play charts every single year yeah. Since since you're going to arrive top of the fair play charts, we have no shit houses in the team really at all. Um, the nearest we get is Jimmy Milner knocking lads over. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's as close as we get to a shit house in in our team. Fab's not. Fab's just cynical. And uh, none of our defenders are shit houses. Robbo has it in him, but he never really does it much. Um, so he has a moment or two, but yeah, he has a moment or two, but he just likes to ruffle hair, doesn't he? He does, he does. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> we don't have a lot of nasty in us. Um, uh, and you get like, because you, this is the thing, it's why we love them. You get the impression, yes, they're, they're, they're winners, which is the most important thing, don't get me wrong, but they just seem to be genuinely decent group of humans. Um, Jurgen's always talking about that. So we just don't have that side to us. So I got a bit of a kick out of us being the nasty ones for a change, I have to say. Um, but that's just me. Lisa Murray, what was your football story of the week? I didn't really much have one. I, I just wanted to say, and I think I might have said this to you, Trevor, after the match yesterday, but I was I was much more nervous for that than I really wanted to be, you know, yeah. and, and maybe it was just all the buildup ahead of time where everyone was like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to kill these, you know, with the five nil, you know, here we go again. And and that was not the case. And I I don't and I you know, and I do think maybe just maybe the the positive uh, test results for, you know, Virgil and Fab and Curtis ahead of time. I mean, maybe that's just kind of rattled them a bit, um, you know. Because it was relatively, you know, close to the to game time when when that was announced or and everything. So I don't I don't know if that had something to do with it. Um, but yeah, but I was 
I, I, I was fully expecting to be able to just kind of have it on in the background while I was working yesterday and just kind of, you know, enjoying it. And, and that was not my afternoon. So no. It's a little <laughs> no. disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. As, is, <laughs> as has often been the case uh, this season. Um, it's, and, 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 you know, we just don't seem to be that team. Bar that, bar the league winning season. And even then, really, we don't seem to be a team that's just going to score two and then we can relax and put our feet up for the rest of the afternoon. There's always unnecessary tension. Um, and it, look, do you know what? It's, again, it's probably part of why we love them, but I would love a few routine 6-0 wins like City seems to be capable of doing every second week. Um, you're, you're so right. There was there was nothing relaxing about that at all. It was unnecessarily tense. I mean, it was 2-1 until nearly the, the last minute or so. Um deeply deeply unpleasant uh, in that regard I have to say now that does not mean that it wasn't a fully deserved victory because it absolutely was agree agree it absolutely <laughs> was and and you know and I and I feel like Trent at least made it all right with that goal because that yes. was yeah, yeah, magnificent yeah, yeah. and I was so happy because like my feed yesterday was crap and I mean like I the um NBC Peacock app or whatever I mean they started I mean, I think the game was, I don't know, three, four or five minutes in before, you know, the feed was up and going. And then um, my Wi-Fi went down in the middle of it. And uh, so I got it back up and going just a few minutes before, um, you know, before Trent's goal. So that at least ended it on a high. And I didn't see that tackle that he made that that you all were talking about on Ross. I've got to go back and and look at that because I haven't. That was one of the things that I missed. Um so yeah, but no, I, you know, nothing, nothing specific really. I just, it, I was really hoping for a little bit more comfortable of a win. But you know, we, I think I touched on this last week is in some ways I'm a, you know, looking back, I'm a little bit glad that we are having to grind out some of these wins because I think it stands us in better stead as we move through the season as opposed to just kind of winning comfortably in the win. You know, you do have to to pull out these, you know, one nil, you know, at the end wins, um, you know, they can dig deep and do it. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot to be said for that. And we have ample evidence of that, too. So it definitely does cut both both ways in that regard. And I think that's a very good point, actually. And, you know, um, for all the the, the tension, then we do get these great releases and last minute dramas and and, and moments of joy and stuff like that. And just on that trend tackle for the for the record, I I think I I think I said it on the show. I hope I did. But for me, that was used to be the highlight of my uh, game when I I used to play and I played for years. I can think of nothing more. Cam, you played defender as well, right? I yes, can think of nothing. There's nothing more delightful for a defender, and I played a lot of right back, than sweeping in full stretch and getting just enough of your foot on the ball. Back in the day, the absolute best, most joyous occasion was when you managed to get a sliding tackle full force yes. through through the ball. And through and, the player. And, and through the player. That was and the that, best. That was, I swear to God, I would go home as if I'd won the lotto. It, it, yeah. especially, <laughs> especially if there was something on it, if it was like a, a really important intervention. It, it was, it's such a glorious thing. It's something that's missing from the game now at the moment. And the fact that they were playing and replaying and replaying that in Stockley Park or wherever the hell these idiots are based is just a 
sad indictment, I think, Cam. Talk to me about that. I, it's such a thing. It's such a thing of beauty, a well-timed tackle like that. And that was perfection. Yeah, the the art of tackling is, is gone now, isn't it? It's completely disappeared. Um, it's becoming an, a no-contact sport. That's that's what they're looking at. I mean, I used to play centre-back, and my primary objective was to make sure when I went in that first tackle, the striker knew I was there. That way, the striker wasn't coming back near me. He didn't want to come near me because he knew he was going to get nailed. He was going to get hammered. <laughs> but you see, when you're you talking about Harris, you, you you were in you were in the you're in the generation like me, like us old dudes, where it was absolutely part of the advice that you used to get from certain managers at least was to leave a bit on him. Yeah. Which is which is basically not quite go over the top of the ball no. or whatever, but absolutely make sure that it's a bone juddering challenge, that first one. Yeah. And that, and that, like you say, that's gone. And obviously, probably that's for the best, but God, I kind of miss it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's like you say, it, it's just the most glorious feeling because the referee can clearly see the ball has gone in a completely different direction. So the referee can't suddenly say, well, you got the man first because you can see the ball has gone at 90 degrees to whichever way it was it was going initially. And then the momentum, it's just that momentum thing. But you're, you're just leaving everything in there. You just know. And, you, and, and that way, if you're going in full-blooded, less chance of you getting hurt. It's, it's these half-and-half half tackles that cause the issue. And, you know, because you're, you think, uh, 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 and it's like, oh, damn, now I'm, now I'm hurt, you know, and it's just like, ah, so no, it was always full blooded. It was, oh man, it was, it was, I remember this one, one I did. It was like, it was, um, the guy was about to shoot from about six yards out. I came sliding in and as he, as he shot, I've got my foot, leg, whatever in the way. And he's, and he's literally got an open goal and the ball's gone over the bar. And it's like, wow, oh, what a save, what a save. And they score from the corner. And I'm like, fucking <laughs> I put all that effort in for what? You know, we just let him score. <laughs> Your shorts yeah. are ruined. Yeah. yeah. Let me pick like, the gravel up out of my knee. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you've done everything you can. I mean, you know, you've covered your defender. You've done what you needed to do. You know, you've mm. got that. You've made the save, such, and you you make, and it's like you feel like you scored. Yeah. When you make that, because you stopped a goal, you yeah. you scored. That's a goal for you. Clean sheet is a goal. Oh, absolutely. And you see, you're 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 uh, you're a pretty tall chap, Cam, aren't you? What height are you? What are you? Five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. Okay. For okay. I, I I I had a concept of you being much taller than me. I, like I'm I'm not a tall guy. I'm five. I'm just kicking the arse at a five ten. Right. Closer to five nine, if I'm being honest. Um. Well, closer to five ten, but st- I'm still five nine. Um. So I I, I I'm not a guy who's going to be able to uh, um sort of um, dominate aerially, even though like I kind of sometimes did because I'm very aggressive man uh, <laughs> decent <laughs> decent spring uh, yeah. and all that but 
I, I'm never going to be able to do what Virgil does. So we all love watching Virgil sort of sweep across disdainfully and sort of ease a big attacker or a small attacker or any sized attacker out of his way. Just going, yeah. just get I away. No. I, right. So, so, so what I was always, always about was uh, they used to call it being touch tight back in the day and being close and making sure that you know you know that i'm there and I, it's it's a part of the game that i miss it lisa marie i want to bring you in this because you you watch <laughs> you watch a lot of football right you 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 you've been watching a hell of a lot of football of late and so you can see what it's like um in those younger age groups watching your kids i mean what what's the what's the story there as oh, is well, it, you know they're not even allowed to head the ball now until i think they're 12 maybe right, 11 right five. right Something like that. Um, yeah. So and now you, I so also have. You, you're watching your middle kid, right? At the moment. Yes. You, you, yes. So he, he's the so only he, one playing now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's the only one. Okay. So, uh, and what, so we're talking about what, what age group is that around 16, something yeah, like that? Yeah. He's 16. So he's playing like U19. Okay. Um, and, and what's the physicality like in that? Um, you know, it can be fairly physical. I mean, again, and I, I know what you all are talking about because I had a younger brother who played um, quite a bit and and he played defense. And so he played just like you all, you know, talked about that, you know, that more physical, those, you know, tackles um, and everything else. So it, it is much, much different now. But but every now and again, you know, Paul will put in, you know, a, a good and he usually plays it right back. Um, you know, slide tackle or whatever, and and he he's got those nice long kind of thin thin legs, sort of like Fabino esque, where he can sort of <laughs> so you know get them in, yeah. <laughs> Inspector gadgets, yeah. Inspector, yes, yes. So, uh, but every now and again he'll do that, and you're like, ooh, okay. <laughs> good. Oh, look, that's that's encouraging. I'm glad to hear it because you know, obviously, I I I've coached a lot. Uh, because I'm a teacher and it's a nice thing to be able to do. And, you know, we've had quite a bit of some great teams over the years and a bit of success and trophies and stuff. And, but it's, it's always lovely to see that because that, it, that's never left. It's never left the, the, the youth game here. It's every bit as feisty as it used to be when I was playing, which I, I have to say I love, you know, granted there have been a few times I had to run quite swiftly onto the pitch to intervene in a few scenarios, but I'd rather have it that way. I have to say then, um, the, the anodyne version that they seem to be, um, trying to promote. Um, I am just looking at our clock. And unless I'm very much mistaken, we have been recording now for 45 freaking minutes. <laughs> and I had all sorts. Uh, lads, I've got I've got all these sweets here that I was going to review. I was going to eat them. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. I haven't even poured a glass of wine for myself. I'm drinking cold tea. This is a fucking disaster. This, um, this must be the first AI pod that Trev's done sober. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, you haven't drank your wine yet. You just said it. I haven't had wine in, in an, on an AI I was going to say, haven't phone. you been off the wine for a couple of months? Months. Months, Lisa Marie. And also, I said months. <laughs> but by, the, by the way, um, uh, this this thing that Branch keeps insisting on, it's, 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 it's terrible slander. And because I'm Irish, and because I'm Irish, I think it might be racist. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think. Well, if you were saying whiskey, then yeah. No, no, I think I think it might. I think it might. I didn't mention any drink. I just I, said he's sober. I was listening. Well, to, that was, is true. I was listening to my pal John Rain's pod, uh, Smirsh pod today and he did a christmas special about harry potter it's a fantastic uh, podcast smirch but if you don't listen to it do uh and john just talks to um equally um funny um folk about films and they were talking about harry potter so you, i presume even through your kids you've both watched some harry potter movies or oh lord yes whatever right? um so, so they were they were reviewing the first one now, I, i've been gloriously oblivious to it even though my kid was absolutely obsessed growing up with harry potter uh, and obviously as a, as as a, the the fellow that i am i was encouraging reading of all sorts i managed to swerve that because i just it didn't engage me at all i wasn't interested so i've missed out i, I don't think i've ever seen a full potter movie i've never read a book so I, they were talking today on smirch pod about there's a character apparently this will be familiar to lisa marie called seamus Yes. Uh, who's a little Irish fella in the um in the yes. first one. And they were saying that you know, one of the scenes they're practicing their magic, they're all student wizards or whatever. And he seems to have a talent. He's told he has a talent for blowing things up. And the yes. first thing that he makes is alcohol. I'm going, Christ alive, he's an alcoholic <laughs> terrorist. What are you doing? <laughs> This is unbelievable. I don't remember that. I do remember him always blowing things up, but I didn't I remember that. He... I was like, J.K. Rowling, what have you done here? This is like, I know people have issues with you about various things, but now I have issues with you. Um, that's terrible, terrible racism against Irish people. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalglish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists. We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. I have a quiz for you. That's where we're going. That's what we're doing. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll have the quiz if I can manage to get through. I want to get through the questions because I, I ask people for questions. We should answer the questions. This okay. comes from Sai, uh, who's a contributor, friend of the show, contributor to AI, all that kind of stuff. Sai asks, what is the most unusual Christmas tradition? Uh, I'll give you that one. Or he also asks, what's the best part of the turkey? So I'm quite happy to, for you to go with either option there. Um, so I'll start with you, Cam. Do you want the most unusual Christmas tradition or do you want the best part of the turkey? Well, we don't do turkey. We uh, don't do turkey. No, we, we've, we've never done turkey. We've never, ever done turkey. Um, so um, um, no idea why. They tend to go for... Um, Duck? Bizarre, bizarrely. I think it's always been chicken. Don't know why. 
and think Christmas that chicken. Don't don't ask. I don't cook. <laughs> you know, I'm just there to eat. Yeah. So uh, okay. Well, then you need you need to tell us what is your most unusual Christmas tradition. Well, obviously we don't celebrate Christmas in the way um, Christians celebrate Christmas. For us, it's a it's always been about a day off where because most of my family and extended family are are um, business people. They're all self-employed, pretty much work seven days a week. It's the one day of the year where genuinely everybody is is off for the day so um tend to get together and i, su- I suppose the, the most unusual thing about it is we always start the day with um a very traditional desi breakfast which will be uh brata uh brata okay, okay. Is, a, is, a, is a stuffed uh chapati so ah. it will either have um white radish in there or it will have um uh main the main one will be potato okay and then you'll have that with a uh, yogurt uh you know sour yogurt um bitter yogurt uh and and or butter so um i'd say that's quite an unusual thing and an unusual way to start christmas day i'm surprised you didn't pause in the middle when you said potato and say you'd like that trev because you know oh. We've well, established, we've established, I, I, I actually we've established your, your racist credentials when it comes no, to those no, Irish people. No, <laughs> no, no I, I, I never touched on the racism. I, I was touching on <laughs> just the alcohol aspect of everything in life. So, uh, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I see. Huh? I see. So what you're trying to imply is that I'm a neutral alcoholic. It's got nothing to do with my country of origin. No, no, no. I mean, have you been? One day you will come to a Sikh wedding. Yeah, and then you will see alcohol, my friend. Yeah, I would absolutely. Do you know what, man? The more video footage I see of Sikh weddings, it's an absolute life goal. They look just the best crack it's gonna ever. It works. It's going to happen for you. And it looks tremendous crack, I have to say. Um, what about, Lisa Marie, what about you? Any either unusual Christmas tradition or if you want to go for best part of the turkey because... Well... You know, we don't generally do turkey at Christmas because oh Thanksgiving what? is the month before. No, Thanksgiving is the month before when we do turkey. Oh, yeah, that's turkey so, day. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, sorry. so yeah. I guess I can't answer it. You know, I guess, you know, I for me, the best part of the turkey is the breast. That's what I like best. Yeah. Um, but for us, Christmas dinner is generally ham um, or prime rib, just depending. Maybe both. Um now, now, when I was growing up, it would be one or the other because it was typically just my immediate family. I lived, you know, far away from relatives and everything. But now that I have married in and my in-laws moved down here, and so I, in some ways, some people might think this is unusual. Um, you know, my husband's parents are from Connecticut, or he's from Connecticut. They're all from Connecticut. His his parents and sister moved down here. Um, 16 years ago and my mother and mother-in-law have become like best friends and so we do all of our holidays not just christmas but thanksgiving easter everything we do it all together so we don't have to worry about this okay we're going to be at my parents for 
Thanksgiving and his parents for Christmas or even the, all right, we'll be there on Christmas Eve and here on Christmas Day. We, we do it all together. Um, you know, both sides of the family. And when my, when my brother married, um, his in-laws, um, were included as well when they were going to be in town too. So, um, some people think that's unusual. I think it's fantastic. I love it. Um, I like that. And so, yeah. And, and most people think it's unusual in a good way. You know, in fact, most people that I talk to are envious. They're like, oh, that'd be so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. when you get into families that have like, you know, parents are divorced. And so then you're even, you know, dealing with, okay, we've got to go to, you know, moms and then dads and yeah. And, and all of that. We are, we are very, very blessed that, that we don't have to, we don't have to really deal with that. So, and then also my niece was born on, on Christmas Eve. So it's kind of become her birthday more than say a Christmas celebration since she got the Christmas Eve birthday. So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> what age is she now? Is she, is, she will be turning eight. Oh, um, so she's, another, she's, fully yeah, yeah. In, she's in the princess. She's fully so. in now. Yeah, when she was yeah. really little. But but other fun fact about about her um, is she was also born in the car on the way to the hospital. So. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so is she called Ford Camry or something? No, no. Um, her, birth, her name is Sophia Marie, but yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> we have a copy of the 911 call, and it is it is pretty hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Really? A copy of the 911? Oh, my God. That's definitely one to roll out in parties in the future. Holy God. That's nice. <laughs> uh, yes, I have a couple more then, so let's keep going with these. The next one up. Oh, this is actually good from Liz, but I think this would require thought, uh, which I'm not sure any of us are capable of. Liz asks, which other Christmas tunes would be best turned into football chants in the vein of Merry Christmas, Everton, which is, of course, a fantastic one. I mean, there must be something you could do with Silent Night. Um, but I'm just I, I'm I'm, str- I'm struggling off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm not good at stuff like that. You can maybe, you know. Oh, Holy Night or Joy to the World, possibly you could do something with too. You, you absolutely <laughs> could. Do you know what? I'm, I, this is, I feel like this is a challenge Liz has set me now because the, what I'm actually, once I start thinking about these, this is actually my happy place is putting together puns and, 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 and twisting words into things that make them funny. So I am, I, as a challenge, um, Liz dutifully accepted. Uh, maybe maybe for our next show, which will still be in the Christmas zone, I'll have a few of these prepared and I'm going to challenge uh, Cam and Lisa Marie, our two musical um, uh, divas, to come up with something as well. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll bring you back. We'll report back to you on that, Liz. That's, that's uh, probably best we can do instead of, instead of dead air time as we desperately try to think <laughs> something clever. Um, uh, Steve Smith... Um, of uh, this parish asks from your own Christmas dinner feast, compare each item to one member of the Anfield Index roster. Oh Jesus, here we go. Uh, <laughs> based on its merits, its pedigree, its importance, and its requirement. Oh my God! Even crackers, he says, where you never know what you're going to get. This could be controversial, Cambridge. Um, I know that you obviously think of yourself as the uh, pudding, um, probably do. Oh, he's gone AWOL on us. Has he gone? Has he gone? Has he gone? No, no, sorry. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. I I had you on mute then, and I was just 
crackling away then um, when you say <laughs> uh, you see I see myself as the pudding and, I, and when I thought about it you're actually right I am um, <laughs> I'm a lemon pudding aren't I? I'm, a, I'm a right lemon or, or, or a lemon third whichever way you want to look at it um, I, I, I think I could just just go with one and I'm really really sorry to say this but um, Dave Hendricks Brussels sprouts I'm leaving it there Oh, I knew I, you've just taken that away from me. And, 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 How could I do that when it's it's the most obvious one? For, for the record, for the record, um, all in love, all in love, of course. Absolutely, and for the record, Brussels sprouts. I have to say, um, it makes me it makes me um, unusual. Would be an essential part of my Christmas dinner, and the way with, the way I do them is with. A little bit of um, a little bit of oil, some garlic, and a little bit of bacon, and they are outrageous. That is outrageous sprouts. So I have to say they'd be a favourite. But there you go. That's actually you've made a good. That's a good shout. I like that. And I think Dave himself would very much approve of this one. Um, we'll just pick maybe one. Who else should we? What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Um, I'm just trying to think, is there anybody else that you can pick out very easily? I mean, I'm very tempted to do something with young Drinkle here, seeing as he's, he's uh, <laughs> you know, he's, oh, he's, down, he's gravy. I was going to say, wouldn't he be the gravy from what oh, you all are always saying? Oh, my God. Jeez, I, I'm missing all these open goals here. Well, sorry. Sorry. Cam robbed my open goal. Cam, Cam, Cam was hatching six oh, yards out. No, no, no. I, I went in with my sliding brilliant. You did, Jay. You did, yeah, it's great, Steve. I think we've done you proud there, man. And 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 me, I, I'm I'm obviously, I'm obviously going to say that I would be stuffing. You know, I think I'm stuffing. Everybody, everybody should like a bit of stuffing, but an awful lot of people just leave the stuffing to one side and don't engage with it. You know, so I'm 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 a solid member of the of the of the of the thing, but not every, not everybody's cup of tea. That's that's where I go with myself. I think a little bit of Christmas stuffing. I'm not going to ask you to do this, Lisa Marie, because you know it's. Uh, I don't think Steve was asking us to 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 uh, to categorize ourselves, but we just it it just it was just sticking out a mile that that Brainy there is a pudding, so we had to go with I'm that. I'm happy to be the pudding. Yes, you are, because everybody looks forward to the pudding. Everybody looks forward to the pudding, and you know can't wait to pour cream all over. Oh God, this is getting disturbing. Um, <laughs> Moving on. Oh my God, you said that out loud as well. I don't believe you. And you say I'm inappropriate. Uh, you just, you, you just, you just told me too many stories about what goes on um, in in the Brangy private life. Uh, favorite ever present? EJ wants to know what was your favorite ever present. Well, I, I, this is easy for me because I've actually said this on Twitter recently and put this out. So anyone who's seen that thread will have seen it. But there was a, a game called um, Super Cup Football, which was oh, it couldn't have been much more than a laptop size of a game, smaller actually, um, and it was fully automated electric. You had five players who went up and down on a track and you had an individual sort of button to push them forward and back. You could swivel them and pass from player to player. It was outrageous fun. And I bought it again as a grown ass man when I was in Smith's toy store looking for stuff for my kid just so I could play it. And I swear to God, I probably played it more that second time in my life. Um, myself and my brother would just sit and play it endlessly for hours. Best 
present ever. No two ways about it. Um, do you have something in that category? If you don't, don't worry about it. We can just move to our next question. But I just, I have a, an emphatic one. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, either of you two have a favorite Christmas present ever? Well, yeah, I can't, I can't really think of anything. Um, that's, you know, stands. Oh, there was the year that I got the cabbage patch doll. Oh, every you child in America. There now, not just America, even here. Oh, I, I was gonna say I don't know how popular it was uh, elsewhere, but oh, um, yeah. yeah. So, so that one. And see, now I had something a little bit unusual. My father actually was a toy buyer for a department store. Oh wow! <laughs> so, um, and and then. It, it, a couple, I mean, one up in, in when we lived up in Ohio and then when we moved down here, that's, that's what brought us down here. And so they actually and my brother actually um, benefited from this more than I did because it was, you know, the height of all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, and they could actually order like <laughs> like October directly from the manufacturers. You know, they knew what was coming out to be the hot toys at Christmas just because of the catalogs and, you know, all the pre-order stuff. And so mm. they would order directly from the manufacturer, the, everyone in the office to, to get there. So, um, yeah, so we, we generally had kind of the cool toys. And, and the Cabbage Patch doll thing was kind of funny because he would be calling my mother because everybody, of course, wanted one. And he'd call my mom and be like, okay, they've got a shipment at the store and, you know, wherever. And so um, they've put three aside for you. And... <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, black, I don't want to say black market, that's not really, but we had the inn, and so all my cousins and neighbors black and everything were able to get theirs too, because of, yeah, because of the hookup, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fantastic, I love, I love, I love the idea of a sort of shady black market cabbage patch doll <laughs> deals going on, it's fantastic. Um I have to say the closest we ever got um, to, to, to toys from the catalogue was just looking at the catalogue and sort of sighing. I remember looking at, um, oh, what was, do you remember that one, Cam? Oh, Lipper was Evil, yeah. Do you remember the Evil Knievel toy? Evil Knievel, yeah, yeah. You, you, you'd, you'd spin, you, you used to wind it up and then hit the and button. And pull it back and it would just go off. Go up ramps or whatever. Yeah. Then genuine scale extra. I, I I did eventually get a knockoff one of those, which I loved. Yeah, I got a knockoff one as well. Spudio, that was always slightly out of our range as well. Any of the big brands were basically always sort off, of out of our range. Off, off, off the chart, no chance. Yeah, no chance, no chance. I think actually we, me and you have bonded over our comparative poverty <laughs> in childhood before. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you how it used to work for me. My birthday's in at the beginning of December. So uh, what my mum and dad did for about three years was they said, oh, this is your uh, birthday and Christmas present. So one year oh, God. it was a it was a, a Sony Hi-Fi. Oh, you told us this before. Yeah, <laughs> went in the living room. Yeah, yeah. And then one year it was a colour TV. <laughs> which went in the living room. And then one year it was a, a VCR, which... Went in the living room. Living room. <laughs> yeah, so suddenly, you know, there was a period where it was like, well, we need a new, we need a hi-fi. And um, not that he listens to music, but we could say it's his birthday and Christmas present, you know? So um, <laughs> and my dad would go to, um, like, the local electrical store. It would, 
you know, we used to have like a rumblows in them days, you know, this yeah, was yeah, 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 what they right. were about before my dad put them out of business because uh, what he used to do was he'd go in there and say, right, well, I'm not paying that price. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are you paying? Well, I'm paying this price. And okay. Yeah. But I'm not paying for it all today. I'm paying for it over 12 months and you're not charging me interest. And you, 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 you do this. You, you genuinely, they'll, they'll have a little card for him made up. And no pay, way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He used to go in every, every month. You know, no credit checks around. Don't know who this guy is. He comes in every year and he does this stuff. But he always. Dude, what, what, what is it about lads from that generation? My old man's the same. We go in and it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's old school bartering. It's just all they know. It's all enough because he used to, he would, um, dad would take it on on himself to buy us shoes and boots. It was his thing. Yeah. So we go into the shoe store and he kind of knew the guy. I think he was in the army with him briefly or something. So they'd have a bit of kind of over and back banter. And, uh, then, then we'd be just waiting to get, we, whatever we wanted. We had our eyes on Doc Martin boots all the time. We wanted Doc Martin shoes or Doc Martin boots. So it'd be, we'd be sitting there going, come on, can we just get the, please, dad, just get the shoes and let's go. But no, then the bargaining would start. And this is, remember, it's his friend and it would say it was 20 pounds. They were, oh, I can't give you 20. I'll give you 10. And we yeah. we go, dad, you're not going to get them for fucking 10. And we were sitting there dying deaths of embarrassment. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. And in the end, this guy would come over and sort of ruffle our hair. And give us a little free HB pencil and say, see you now, lads. See you next time. And that would be gone off happy out. He'd have saved himself probably a grand total of two pounds or something. And he was elected with himself, you know. Oh, God, dark days. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you to um, EJ and Steve and Liz. And who was the first question? It was. Sorry. Sorry. So thanks to everyone for those. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it comes time for me to announce the annual Christmas quiz 2021 Anfield Index Podcast Edition. Are you ready? Absolutely. Well, we shall see if you're ready and I'll be the judge of that. Oh dear. Yes. Uh-oh. So yes. there are there are, there are there are actually 25 40 questions so I'm just going to keep this 20 20 questions and we will keep a rolling score as we go and we will agree on it as we go in case anyone thinks there's any um, I'll, I'll, I'll start typing in the chat box then. Sw- yeah, yeah, oh god, here we go. Yeah. Uh, now by the way, have you have you still the potential that you might have to disappear in the middle of this quiz because if you do um I'm afraid no, no, no. I, I'm good. I'm good. I've had an email. Yeah, so it's all good. Excellent. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's it, it's traditional on Anfield Index quizzes. Uh, I know because I've won all of them. Um, that the uh, that the uh, <laughs> it's traditional uh, that the the uh, the uh, opportunities offered um, as to who would like to go first. So I can do this as a lottery, or if one of you would like to um, offer or to um, grab the opportunity to go first, it's all it's all 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 options are are open to you there. So as regards who's going first, what are we thinking? I no preference whatsoever. Well, you know, you did get to go first last time. Maybe no, I get to go first time. this time. At least we get to go well, first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, I was supposed to go first, but anyway, it got confusing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> got confused with me saying uh, 
Age uh, before beauty. Yes, he got confused. Beauty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up, so I ended up, you ended up going first, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> because he got confused with that. As as the member of the crew who has who has both um absence of age, age both absence of age and beauty absence of listen to me I'm being, I'm being no, I was trying to be nice to you I'm being humble for a change uh, well. don't try to be nice to me it only confuses people uh, question one which country who's this for it's for Lisa Marie she just said oh, okay. I just wanted to make <laughs> now who's confusing it I'm confused <laughs> question one for Lisa Marie which country started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree. Was it Germany? I think that's right. Very nice. Very nice knowledge. Very nice knowledge on both of your parts then. Fair play to you. How many ghosts can Branch show up in a Christmas carol? I think it's three. Cam thinks it's three ghosts in the Christmas carol. It is former business partner Jacob Marley. And the spirits of Christmas, past, present, and future carry the four because it is a four. It's four. Yeah. Oh wow. It's the oh. ghost of Christmas, uh, past, present, and future, and Jacob. Jacob Marley. Marley. Yeah. See, I was oh. a three. So. Well, I, I, I can't remember the Christmas Carol. Obviously. My daughter actually just read it in school. So She's there not you a go. Fan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Your, your kids are hard. I know. My kids are harsh. <laughs> your kids are a tough room. Um, so it, will we go with just two, one up, two up? Let's do that. So, oh, I'll just put it in the chat. So it's one. Oh, you, oh you, you're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm on it. Question three. I won't cheat, honest. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Question three, uh, Lisa Marie. In Home Alone, where are the McAllisters going on holiday when they leave Kevin behind? Paris. Ah, I know this one. Paris, Paris. I think. No idea. Oh shit! I would have I would have said New York because I've never seen it's it in Paris. full. But I thought the first they meet. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought they meet. Met the Trump. second one's are in New York. Oh right, because I knew I knew Trump was in one of them. Okay, right. You you were right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That's that's let's establish the scores now too. Um, Cam, <laughs> was that correct then? Was it? Paris was correct. Okay. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Cool. That's two for Lisa Marie. Thank you, Quizmaster Lisa Marie. I'll 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 I'll, I'll say who was correct. Thank you, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Have you noticed have you noticed this was really, really starting to get pointy elbows, Cam? Have you noticed yeah, this? You know what I mean? She yeah, wants pointy, it, doesn't she? She pointy, wants it. Pointy elbows. Talk about uh, slide tackles. Holy shit. <laughs> Talk about leaving a bit on someone. Um question four is for you, Cam Branch. And actually it's a question which would have been far more appropriate for uh, Lisa Marie, as she's already mentioned that she's currently imbibing this. Which country did eggnog originate in? Uh, I've absolutely no idea. Um, but I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm thinking Sweden for no random reason, but I'm thinking, what's it, what's it, what's that yellow stuff in it? It is advocate, whatever it's called, is it? Advocate, I think you're Advocat, right. Advocate, yeah, and that's made in Holland, isn't it? Mm. Or the Netherlands. Um, I've actually genuinely no idea, but I'm going to go with my gut instinct. Which I'm gonna go Sweden. 
see, I'd have said it was a, an American uh, thing, but apparently it is and did originate in Britain. I was oh. going to say Britain. Wow. I don't actually drink eggnog. I just said that because it's a sure a drink. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's what sure. they all say. Yeah, we that's know. Yeah, yeah. We can we can already hear you're about three in. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen your question. <laughs> your question. How many gifts were given in total in the 12 days of Christmas song? Oh, someone, I've, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, this is tricky. <laughs> please please don't sing it and add them up slowly, please. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> now I'm stuck. I haven't got a clue. Lisa Marie. How fast can I do math? <laughs> <laughs> Five gold rings, two turtle doves, one. I like, I like um, the way you sabotage you by using, using the wrong numbers here. What do you reckon? I know, right? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I generally don't know the song. I know the song, but I don't know the song, if that makes I sense. I do know the song, actually. I will not sing it. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and try to do the math. So I'm just going to guess and say... 125. <laughs> 125. You're quite a way off. It's 364. <laughs> really? Okay. That many? Really? That many. That many. Wow. So, can brain Oh, do you add it like, you know, yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah. and then it's one, two, and, and, anyway, okay. I was do- I would have done the math wrong, so <laughs> that wouldn't have done me any good. There you go. So what about the next one, Cam? Your chance to get back on the board and get back in the game. <laughs> good luck. Oh, God, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Okay. It's a music question. Oh, great. What, year did, what year did Mariah Carey's All I Want <laughs> for Christmas is You come out? All I Want for Christmas is You. What year? I think I know this, too. <laughs> I honestly uh, wouldn't have had a freaking uh, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! I'm going, I'm going to give you a hint because you're really, it's, it's starting to fall apart for you here, pal. <laughs> 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 we so, got ten of these, you know. In the spirit, I've just, I've just literally poured myself a glass of wine here in the spirit of Christmas. Um, I'm going to give you the decade is the nineties. Okay. Um. All right. Okay. It still doesn't really help me. Uh, 1996. Christ. I, I can't do any more for you. 1994. Oh, I would have been wrong then. <laughs> I would have been close, though. I was going to say 93. <laughs> I nearly number said 95, seven, but I still would have been wrong. <laughs> I, I, I think number seven's playing into your hands again, Lisa Marie. It's just obviously just the look of the draw here. In which Christmas movie does Tom Hanks play six different characters? Oh. Is it the Polar Express? It is. Bloody hell. Which I've never actually seen, by the Have way. You know? Have I know you heard of it? <laughs> yeah, I went, I went to see that with my kid when I came out. It was, it was, you know, what it is. Cam, what's the score, pal, after... No, well, I've got that question to go, but Lisa's yeah, basically okay. on, okay. on zero. In, in which, your fourth question. Yeah. In which country is it tradition to eat KFC before for Christmas dinner? In which country is it tradition to eat KFC Christmas dinner? 
That is the most ridiculous question I've ever heard. It's tremendous. It's really good. It's, it's a good and fact it's, to know. It's the type of shit I should know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm genuinely embarrassed and disappointed that I don't know. Uh, so it's obviously some random, you know, my instinct was America for some, you know, because obviously being the home of KFC, but yeah. it's obviously not because that would be too easy. Too easy. No, you, you genuinely would have heard of that. So it's not going to be somewhere like Mexico because they're obviously quite a religious country when it, and I'm sure they wouldn't disrespect Christmas in that way. I'm going to say Australia. That's a good shout. Like, see where you're going with it. It's actually Japan. Madness. Madness, Madness. yeah. And I have to say, yet again, another thing I did not know. So uh, credit. We're learning here today, yes. Every day is a school day. So at this stage. Do you get get the feeling after four questions and I've got zero, I I know (laughs) Jack apart from the fact that the Christmas tree originated in Germany. About Christmas. I Brought know. to England by Prince Albert when he was married Prince Albert, to yeah, Queen yeah, Victoria. that's right. That's the only reason I did. Jesus. Get you. Uh, so the current score after four is what? 3-0, 2-0? 3 nil. yeah, yeah. 3-0. Nil. Nil. Okay. We, conti- we continue a pace. We continue a pace. Your next question, Lisa Marie. In the movie Love Actually, which character uh, sang Christmas is all around? See, I've only seen that movie once. I yeah. know the person who sang it. I and I don't know any of the character names. names. I just know, like, I don't know the, the actors. <laughs> yeah, it's like it. So I don't know. Can you, would you have a guess at the actor? Do you think you know which actor it was? I can't remember. And I say that, I know the, I know some of the actors. Was it whoever was like the kind of has been music yeah. star? Yeah, that's, that's it. Was that's it, it. Martin McClutchen? <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh. It's 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 that you're 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 on the right track there, Lisa Marie. It was, it was uh, Bill Nye playing Billy Mack. Yeah. So you are you are uh, you've a chance here, Cam. Wait a minute. Love actually is a Christmas film. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to Die Hard because uh, Harinda Baji. You know. Yeah. You need to listen to Desi. Chance to listen to that yet? Uh, oh, it's glorious! It's, I started is. listening, but I was trying to work at the time, and it was just too distracting. So I'll have oh, to put it, it on it, while I'm it doing it wrapping presents or something. Yeah. <laughs> I've just, I just uh, I, I tried to buy myself today one of those, you know, and that's in one of the scenes in Die Hard where uh, he sends one of the terrorists down with a note pinned to him, which says, "I have a machine gun now." Ho, ho, ho! You remember that? I've not watched the movies. Have you not? I I I can't. I've tried to, and I I just. I haven't seen them. I can't years. stand them. Oh my god, lads! What? A, I, I, you know what? We're going to move on before I lose respect for both of you. I've uh, seen them. It's just been a long time. Oh come on. Anyway, uh, next question for Cam. See if you can get back in the game. How many of Rudolph's fellow reindeers start with their names? Start with the letter D. How many reindeer names start with the letter D? You can do this. I know you can. You know what? I don't know any of their names. For fuck's sake, Range. Listen, 
I don't do Christmas. What part of this do you not understand? Um, it's a, it, it, listen, everybody does Christmas. You can't avoid Christmas. No, I just have a day off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a line from, from halfway to four. Um, uh, I think, because I'm vaguely... I don't know how I... Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> That's all I know of it. That's the thing. That's all I, I know. The night of before it. Christmas, and all through the house. Well, hang, where are you I going with this? How reindeers there were? Not even a Was mouse. it twelve? <laughs> Was it ten? No, there are eight reindeer plus Rudolph is nine. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, that's even more confusing. Um, I'm going to say three. Well done. Yes. Oh, yay! We finish on a high. We finish on a high. Dasher, Dancer, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupert, Donner, Blitzen. Yes, so Dasher, Dancer, and Donner. Yes. Don't know why. What I am learning is I know a lot of useless knowledge, but anyway. You have have a shit ton of Christmas nonsense in your head. And the one thing you should know about about Die Hard, you don't. <laughs> I will go back and watch it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, consider consider this extra homework you've been given <laughs> by, by stern Master Downey. Um, I am going to I'm going to call time on the quiz because um, with the best will in the world, uh, and 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 thankfully we had a little bit of success for Cam there at the end, but it was <laughs> quite a procession for Lisa Marie. So I hereby. Announce the AIP quiz champion Christmas 2021 is Lisa Marie Hanahan. Well done to you. And we shall get the hell out of here, folks. Do it, it's does been, it come with a crown? It does. It comes with it comes with a tiara. Cam always tiara, wears. Tiara, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll send it to you now that I've lost it. Cam, Cam likes to wear it when he's going out at night with his uh, tight red pent. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a great look. It works. It's a good look, man. It's a good yeah. look. With, I, I, with, with the, I, I only with the hope shawl. I can carry it off. Half I would well. I would wear a tiara, only I don't have any hair to nestle it in, and so therefore it looks a bit weird. Um, but otherwise, I would fully rock a tiara. Uh, we should start wrapping this up and let us get out of here. And I think we had decided pretty much, hadn't we, that we know real sign-off through this evening. Is that right, or did I get that wrong? Uh, I will, I'll just say, please listen to the latest, the Christmas Desi podcast. Oh, yes. It, it, oh, yes. it, it is absolutely probably the most mental one we've ever done uh nina, standard is high there standard mental. is high nina surpassed herself that's i'm just going to leave it at that um and sorry to uh everyone that was offended all the nations all the sexes all the, <laughs> <laughs> all, the wow. um, uh, uh, all the listeners <laughs> if there was any offense called, to everyone okay. if there was any offense, offense called uh, caused then so be it <laughs> yeah and also if there wasn't any offense caused it will be a miracle because yeah. having heard it i can i can heartily agree with cam and yeah. his uh, tremendous uh, lunatic fun as always do give that a listen as you should do to all the extra shows and bits and bobs on Anfield Index, um, let me do my hard sell here because it is that time of the year where you might consider a present for somebody, a uh, subscription to Pro, I think, 
is a very good one to consider um comparatively cheap thing for you to do and great joy and pleasure for your liverpool supporting friend or if it's you give yourself a wee present i mean think about it think about the comparative expense think about what you throw away money on and then think about what you could be getting for that six euros that's my hard sell i've done it now a couple of times in a row i will stop i think there's an offer on actually there always is keep an eye on them you should always keep an eye on them and keep an eye on the twitter and you'll see what the latest things are um let me then finish by asking lisa marie what you want to sign off with and we'll get ourselves out of here i just you know want to wish everyone who listens to you know try to find the joy in the season since i don't know that we're going to be together again until till after christmas but um i know there's a lot that is not very necessarily very happy right now but you know just just try to find the bits of joy um and if nothing else in our marvelous liverpool team and merry christmas to those of you who celebrate absolutely absolutely and whether even even if you don't particularly celebrate and you're just having a day off like branch still merry christmas hope you enjoy it hope you have a great break um i hope you can um as lisa marie says mine a bit of uh happiness from whatever scenario you're in uh try to have a laugh try to have a joke it is the best solution and we'll be back to do more of those two things with you very soon after christmas uh, unless some bizarre notion takes us and we go for one immediately before but i'd say it will be immediately after stay tuned for that and stay tuned for all the other shows on anfield index and anfield index pro and for myself personally um you've heard the best wishes of cam and lisa marie and for myself i want to echo those and say that it's a privilege to be able to do these shows for you we appreciate your ears very much uh, the only thing we ask is that you spread the word about the shows we'll talk to you again very soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.